Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Okay, folks, this is Dave Thompson. I am the director of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, like you heard in the intro. This is our fifth edition of season four. We are powered by Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida, where they've been improving lives through cleaning supplies since 1930. I'm going to introduce you to my co-host this morning. He is out of uh, Toronto, Canada, and uh, Steve is a writer and a speaker, and the reason we've got him on is because he works in that murky space where people and technology try to coexist, kind of like we are this morning. Why, interestingly enough, his background is in organizational uh, psychology, project management, and for over 20 years, he's been helping people like me and companies like Gym Supply and others work with technology and manage change. And Steve, I got to tell you, um, what we went through this morning couldn't be any better than us just dealing with it, right? Oh, it's classic. Yeah, it's uh, something that, uh, of course, I apologize for. It was something that I've been trying to um, get through in good time this morning. But this is a, a classic example. It happens. Just a double check. Can you hear me okay right now? Uh, you are coming in loud and clear, Steve. So uh, I tried to do some introduction, but kind of give the audience that's listening a little bit better about who Steve is and what we do there in Toronto. Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, getting you know, these kind of technologies like we're using right now are, are really fantastic. And I mean, uh, they allow people to get together as we're doing right now virtually. Um, but yes, indeed, there's always going to be some challenges, especially with regards to the, the big uh, variety of different kinds of technologies available. Uh, login channel challenges like I was having this morning are very typical. Uh, but you know, the end result is that it, it saves so much time in terms of travel, in terms of uh, just sheer effort that it's creating a whole new uh, approach to project management and to work and to employability, which I find to be, you know, fantastic and really wonderful. Well, and that's interesting because I've got another gentleman I talked with yesterday. He's out of uh, Idaho. And, you know, on his bio and everything, he's, he's, you know, promoting working remotely. And, And without technology, Steve, we couldn't be doing this. No, it's, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing that uh, we finally got to a point now where the bandwidth, this is the big difference, the bandwidth is now sufficient to allow for high quality remote work. I mean, yes, I had some trouble logging in this morning and these, these things do happen. But the point is that the, the quality of the sound, the quality of the video when we're doing video and virtual reality um, uh, interaction with clients, customers across the world, Uh, This is substantially changing things from even 10 years ago when there was a lot more hassle and problem in terms of connecting modems and things like that. This is the wonderful thing. Wherever you you are, that's where you are, and that's fantastic. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, we've been doing this. It's our fourth season, and we kind of started 
with some of the very basic stuff. And just this week, I got a professional boom mic with a power, uh, with a podcast speaker, and I've got all of this stuff. And you know, as you grow and learn to use the technology, you grow with all the kind of things we need to have to to do it. But you're correct. So, if you will, Steve, you know, to somebody that's listening that isn't quite up bandwidth, what are we talking about? Just in, in terms of, of uh, sort of non-technical language, just sufficient enough to, to get a good quality, reliable signal across. I mean, good quality audio that doesn't drop out and break up. Good quality video so that I can send you a video or even a virtual reality image of how, you know, how your product should work or how a particular cleaning technique should, should be correctly applied. Um, it's kind of like you know television back in the 1940s, where everyone was using antennas, you know, and it was only into the 50s and into the 60s that television became something of a norm in in North America and Europe. But only when we got cable was it really a good thing for people, because cable is a really solid wire that can can deliver high quality signal. And then of course after that we got satellite as we have now. So that's the big thing is bandwidth just simply means a capacity to get, you know, sufficient information through in a clear and comprehensible fashion so that the technology should remain invisible. You know, ideally, I should have been able to log on this morning. And again, it's my fault, not yours. <laughs> uh, log on uh, seamlessly without problems and just get started. And just not, not only about, this is the key part, it's not only about sharing information back and forth. It's about relating. It's about being able to take the time to get to know my customer, to interact, um, especially with video, when you can have the body language and the facial um, uh, connection, the face-to-face the, the -face, uh, relationship. This is really huge for cementing trust and for furthering work. And that's why I'm saying this is not like just apples and oranges, the new flavor of the month. It's a, ma a matter that all business is about relationships and trust. And that's the key thing about bandwidth, is that we can deliver the emotional component of relationships and trust to those new prospects, new clients, and old clients too, to cement that relationship and to further the business. That's the key, in my opinion, that's the key value statement of all of this. Well, Steve, today we're using audio as our only medium um, some of the people have been on in the last couple of weeks on our broadcast has talked about video is the way to go. But, you know, you have just as many people that only want to text. The thing you were just saying, I can't really show emotion with text. Correct. Um, you know, I always respect a customer's wishes. If somebody wants to only text or they only want to email, I'll say, great, if that's how you're comfortable. However, I'll try to sneak in something to show them you know, the benefit of doing something more, because usually there's a fear factor involved. But it's also important to remember that as we're starting to work with younger generations in the workplace, people who are in their 20s now and in their 30s, they're making buying decisions, they're becoming managers. Um, these are people who have grown up with full immersive media all around them. And they demonstrably say, we prefer to have video conferences because, hey, that's what we've grown up with. So at some point, you know, it, it's, it, it's very important to, yes, work with customers the way they'd like to be, to be handled. But there is a, a shifting tide, the same way that people from 20, 30 years ago might have preferred to put something in the mail and send it in the mail with a stamp on the envelope. You get used to emails. And so the technology moves ahead. So part of what I do is to try and remove that fear and say, you know, what, do you, what are you afraid of in terms of video? Is it how you look? Is it how you come across? 
if so, let's practice. Let's try it. Let's let's set up a space where you you know you are comfortable with how you look because nobody needs to look a particular Hollywood style of anything. All sure. I want is to be able to look into your eyes, look at your face and say, yeah, this is a person that I, I want to work with. This is a person who um, understands me. And I'm not just talking about physical appearance in terms of looks. I'm talking about, I'm speaking to you right now. So, yeah. you know, if we're connecting by video, I would see you on screen just nodding. Uh, you know, you might look away if someone's coming into your office or you're checking something like that. But you're you are relating to me and showing active listening by by nodding your head in the appropriate time to show that you're following my conversation. That's right. important stuff. So well, and, 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 and what you're talking about, Steve, is I was talking with an, a triple uh, S uh, member down in Texas and they wanted us to show our rock star program. But she said, I just don't know that I can afford and the time and everything for you to come here. And I said, there's no reason for that. If you've got a webcam and a laptop and a TV, I'll be there. Absolutely. And that's the thing is more and more, um, not only offices and, and buildings, but homes as well. We have the uh, we have the Internet, again, the bandwidth, the technology to do this from home in a reliable fashion. And that wasn't available five or even 10 years ago. Um, you can even do it from your phone in a, in a cab or an Uber somewhere if you've got a good 5G connection. So, you know, without going into the mechanics of what 5G is, it just simply means we've got like television broadcast quality in two directions, what we've dreamed of in science fiction for 40, 50 years, <laughs> you can now do. And again, what I say to people is it isn't just simply a novelty factor. It, it finally closes the circle in allowing humans to relate human to human, again, through visual, facial uh, interaction, a body language, active listening, and the demonstration of respect that people require in a business relationship. So is this because people have become more introverted and they're they're not the extrovert uh, because they don't want to meet people. They don't want to see people. Are they afraid of the technology? Are they afraid of really just meeting people and and looking them in the eye? There is a lot of that. It's it's very ironic that since uh, you know the, the the age of the selfie that we're now in. One, you know, one of the things I've been researching in in our organization is why selfies are so popular. And there, there's a a desire for sort of a, a self-presentation um, in the world that, uh, you know, we can now do because you can take a thousand pictures a day without any any problem at all. But, you know, since email and, and uh, phones have become part of our lives, even though these are connection devices, we've actually become more separated than ever before because the art of human interaction has been removed. You know, we, we put ourselves in a little bubble and you can text and you can you can comment on social media and you can do this stuff, but you're kind of like in a little cylinder. If you go back 50 years or 100 years, before television, before all this stuff, where do people go? They'd leave their homes and they'd go down to the local tavern or the local public house or whatever to talk and to, and to interact socially because that's all there was. We're now in an age where we've got all this capacity to communicate, but we have turned it in on ourselves. So we have this, this selfie mania uh, you only have to go to a concert to uh, watch people more focused on their their cameras on their phones than they are on the performers. Um, so there, there's a significant sea change away from soci the, the sociality of, of interaction that has ironically come from our, our technologies. Uh, but I think this is just simply teething pains. And as people get more sophisticated and say, yeah, I really want to relate to my team. I don't want to fly across the country, but we can have a virtual telepresence meeting where five people are sitting here virtually in a room. They're all a thousand miles apart from each other, but I can look to my left and I can see you and you can look to my right and see somebody else. And we've got this sense of communality that is, is vital 
to synergy and to creation of, of you know ideas and so solving problems for customers. So yeah, people are shy. People are not sure how to do it yet. It's a, this is a this is what I call literacy, digital literacy for this age. Is the capacity to handle information, and information includes yourself, your physical and and uh, personality presence online. It's a skill. It's just like, if, again, if you go back 50 years, who were the only people taking typing class in high school? It was usually home economics classes, you know, usually uh, girls who weren't allowed to go to shop. Uh, the big irony is everybody now types. So those skills that are th thought of as secondary um, are now moving to the forefront as saying, yeah, just because you can connect with your phone doesn't mean you know you can connect with a human at the other end of it. And that's the kind of skill that people are now looking for. The soft skills that are becoming the key elements of employability in the future of work is you may be a great uh, scientist or a great engineer or a specialist in cleaning or in other business building management, but how are you with people? How are you able to relate to people and generate that trust that will further our business? Those soft skills are what's central to the future of work and the employability of everybody of every age moving forwards. Well, and I think you're very right, Stephen. And, you know, I'm not, how do I say this? And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm hosting a podcast and I know this might sound really rough, but I'm not somebody that's been listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, a, well, let's see, if we look at the generations, I would guess it would be a generation Y individual said, hey, you need to do podcasting because not everybody can watch a video. I mean, I love to make videos and I've got hundreds of them out there. But he said, you know, not everybody can watch a video. I've got an hour drive home every day and I've got an hour drive in the morning. I had a guy come in here the other day and he says, I work on the weekends. We clean buildings on the weekend. He says, I listened to all of your podcasts. I know you've got a hundred of them. I'm working through them all. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and that, that's exactly right, is, is that uh, YouTube uh, is sort of the, the, the child, if you like, of the television age. Everyone And YouTube, you know, must always be, you must, also must remember that YouTube is the second most heavily used search engine in the world after Google. I mean, they're both owned by Google. Right. But a lot of people uh, don't want to read stuff. They want to learn how to do something. So YouTube has its highly valuable niche service. But you're absolutely right. There are times when people want to use their commuting time or their, you know, their physical working time, if they are doing actual physical cleaning or maybe working out at the gym or taking a walk. Um, I listen to podcasts when I walk my dogs and this is something that uses up that time really well. Uh, so this is again, digital literacy. How can I, how can I spread out my, my corporate image, my, my actual brand across the appropriate social media channels to capture these various non interlapping markets? So some people are going to go to YouTube, some people are going to go to uh, to uh, Instagram, some of them are going to go to listen to podcasts. It doesn't mean you've got to take all 24 hours a day just working on social media, but just like everything else in life, it's budgeting time and knowing how much to put to each of these and the value, the ROI that comes from them. Okay, I wanted to uh, give a little shout out to who we are powered by here. Yes, this is the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. We're in Orlando, Florida, but we are powered by Gym Supply, where they've been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. They're going into their 90th year this year, and that's kind of the reason why we are bringing to you these live podcasts. As Steve and I have been talking, we're doing something a little different. We're kind of going outside of that normal box. 
Steve, so as we talk about going outside of our normal box of doing things, it's the challenge of changing my mind. I mean, you're talking about, and I've always said this, we're in the people business here. We're not in the cleaning business. We're in the people business. And the biggest problem is I've got to change the mindset. Yeah. Here's an interesting fact. I mean, related exactly to that. Um, when I talk about this stuff, uh, you know, this, this concept specifically in my, my presentations, you know, I ask you this question. You're going to think this sound, sounds like totally left field, but it makes absolute sense. I ask right. people, what, what year were you 10 years old? You know, and I actually put up on the screen a picture of a, of a rotary dial telephone and say, you know, do you know what uh, this you don't, is? You don't expect me to answer that now, Steve. <laughs> I, tell, I say, nobody has to answer. Just think about when you were 10 years old. And people think, well, what's this got to do with anything? But the point is, the age of 10 years old, you know, you've moved out of the formative years of childhood and it's before you move into the years of teenagehood with all the chaos that comes from that. And what happens is you, you take a snapshot of what the world is at that age and that never leaves you, okay? So if you were like me, if you were 10 years old in the 1970s, you were in the age of just early push-button phones, you were in the age of televisions that you had to just get up and change the channel manually or just your first remote on a big long wire. Everything was hierarchical and structured. Your news came from, you know, so quote-unquote trusted news sources. Everything was, was, was analog and hierarchical. Whereas now, uh, someone who is 19 years old, who's been born, who was born after 9-11, um, when they were 10 years old, they were growing up in an age of unfettered access to digital information where you can actually choose your own news, right? Your own news sources ranging from PBS to Breitbart, anything you want. <laughs> so wh when you were 10 years old, it makes a mental stamp on your mind and your attitudes. It never leaves. So if you're a manager now in your 40s, 50s or 60s, um, your approach to how to run meetings, uh, your approach to employee loyalty, to career paths, to project managing your customers, to agreements, you know, handshake agreements, that kind of stuff never actually leaves you. And it becomes very hard to change as you age. Oh, so yes, I can guarantee you that. I mean, yeah. I will tell you that this is difficult for me because I'm I'm used to looking somebody in the eye. And we were talking about this the other day. You know, there's certain things that, you know, as somebody that was 10 years old before 60, you know, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to leave those, leave those behind. It is totally because it, it's, it is branded on your, your soul basically just simply through, through physical experience. So there's no right or wrong, but what it means is that as people age, you know, there is a need to just be recognized that, you know, things do change, unfortunately, and they're changing faster than earlier generations might have taken 10, 20, 30 years for something to really uh, ease into society. Now things just take a few months to become the new thing. Um, so, for example, if I wanted to show somebody a cleaning technique using Periscope and they say, what's Periscope? And I say, well, this is a, you know, a live Twitter type video thing. And, and right away, their eyes can glaze over because it just sounds like too much weirdness. Um, and I would say, hey, you know, even if you don't want to learn this stuff, if you are in your mid-50s, mid-60s and you don't want to learn it, that's fair enough. But make sure there's somebody on your team who does or you, know, you want to hire somebody who's got those skills because that's, you know, ultimately the same golden rule applies. You want to treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's a human to human thing. So that's a standard that is not leaving us. It's just how it's delivered that is different. Um, so Steve, if you, if you don't mind, well, okay, he, he left. We had a caller that wanted to call in and I was going to let him come in, but... Uh, uh, keep going, Steve. He, he's he's not going to call in. We've got another caller, another person listening. So uh, if you will, Steve, kind of look at the screen there. And if we got a caller, maybe we want to take that. Go ahead. 
You bet. And yeah, anytime, just, just you know, inter, uh, interrupt if you have to, because that's, that's what this is all about. Um, so, I mean, you know, all I'm saying is that people need to really feel that they are being well looked after on a human to human level. And that's what the technology can do. So yes, if indeed there is a, a challenge or a learning a learning fear, and most of it is about the fear of, of looking looking stupid, looking out of date, looking irrelevant. Um, so let's get some learning. Let's just learn how to use this this actual application. Uh, what we're using right now is, 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 is this is a fantastic technology for getting people together. Um, well, and I yes. thought that was, that, that, to your point there, that was why some people that I've talked about doing this live they're like oh man do you really want to do it live you know what if somebody comes on and asks a question you don't know i'm going well the only way i learn is if i don't know something and somebody makes me learn it absolutely what if your expert is late i mean what are you going to do that's that's the uh, that's the, the danger always of working lives like working with children and animals but hey you do it <laughs> you, you did it and it works right and it comes out and ultimately, you've got something, hopefully, that's really good for people. But yes, indeed. I mean, you know, live, you go back to live TV. I mean, people do the same thing. You know, your, your star doesn't come onto the screen, on, onto the floor and hit their mark on time. What are you going to do? But, you know, I applaud you because this is, this is moving forward with really good and proven technologies that really work well. That we can have this conference call, you, me, and the callers, through your phone, from anywhere that they happen to be. And the learning is immediate, and there's always there's always something you can take away. So not just simply this live podcast, but you know this is again literacy. There are podcasts and there are resources out there. I even talk about Twitter in very favorable terms because even though it is overused and abused by certain you know segments of society, there's always something you can learn once you have fine tuned your Twitter feed to follow experts, subject matter experts in your area. Take for example, right now the Wuhan virus is coming out of China. You know what's that going to do for building sanitation, building cleaning standards, immediate crisis management for these kinds of things? How do you sanitize an airport? You know, these are the kind of things that you can learn from subject matter experts right now as to what to do. And that, that has huge value in terms of bringing any organization further well, into the marketplace. Steve, now that you mentioned that, our live broadcast that we're going to have this afternoon at 2.30 Eastern time right here on Podbean Live is going to be about infection prevention. And I know that uh, Dave is going to be talking about these kind of things. And you're right, this new virus is not really any different than any of the other viruses in the way that we take care of them, but it just makes us start to focus on it. And it's what we should be doing all the time. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said, the Twitter feed, you know, I went home and my wife said, did you hear about this? She said, it's all over Facebook and it's on Twitter. And I'm like, no, I've been teaching class all day. She goes, what do you mean you haven't heard about it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite true. I tell people, look, you know, I mean, there's, there's a, you know, a billion people on Twitter doing all kinds of silly stuff. That's that's true. But I bet any any of you that there's, uh, tw you know, 10, 20 subject matter experts out there that you should be following right now. People who write and post good stuff about the stuff you need to know about. So you go on to Twitter once a day. It isn't a matter of having your day swallowed up by just doing this. Um, once a day, you jump on and see who your experts, what they have said, um, and that's all you need to do. And that's, you know, there's, there's always something you're going to learn from somebody. So it's not a matter of losing time. That's what I always get as the pushback. I've got no time for the social media stuff. That's quite true. But I say, hey, when you go into a supermarket to do your groceries, do you need to buy one of everything on every single shelf? Are you plan to eat everything from every single shelf? No, you have a capacity of selectively choosing the things you want, maybe trying a couple of new things, but you know generally what to buy and what you want. So it's the same thing on social media like Twitter. 
You don't need to follow 10,000 people, but 10 or 20 people in your business who are saying intelligent things, you can always unfollow them if they stop being intelligent, but they're the ones who might say, yes, a really good paper on um, preventative techniques for, for large building management in the Wuhan uh, flu scare is like this. Uh, and that can make all the difference between uh, being there and surviving and thriving through a situation like this and being the market leader or being the one that follows up behind. And that, that's power, that is valuable. We're talking live with Steve Prentice uh, here on Podbean Live. Wanted to tell you that our podcast is powered by Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida, where they clean, where they provide um, supplies and they improve cleaning uh, lives. So, uh, you know, I got that all wrong. Hey, you know what, this is the thing about live commercials. All right, let me get this right, folks. I know that Jim Supply is listening, and I better get it right. <laughs> uh, where they have been improving lives through cleaning supplies since 1930. Now, I got it right finally. I got to do a little bit more practicing. But, Steve, we're talking about the fact that people have to get with using technology because it's the way we're going. This is not, as you've continued to say, Steve, this isn't new. This is mainstream. It works. It's here. It's like uh, another guy was on the podcast and he says, the thing is, you just got to do. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's just the, just the ongoing evolution of, of us as human beings. And the, the problem is it's just getting faster than it used to. You know, you go back against the 20th century when the telephone was first invented. You know, it was a very, people said, what do you want that for? What, what do you need that for? We don't need that. And it's this, that's, the, that's the thing people say to every new development. You know, the automobile, what's that? We have horses. What do we need the car for? Television, what's that? We don't need television. Uh, it, it's human beings always look to the past because that's all, that's all we know. We have to compare to what we know. So if you're comfortable doing invoicing by paper, for example, and faxing it to, your, to the accounts department of your customers, or even putting it in the mail, and you're comfortable waiting 60 to 90 days to get paid, yeah, okay, that's, that's how things were in the 60s and 70s. But now, you know, you, you, people may say, well, you know, if, I am, if I'm a contractor, um, you know, I do my work, and I should be able to get paid within the day, like, you know, the same day, if not within the week, using one of the online payment processing applications. And you might say, well, I can't tell my customer to do this. That's quite true. But what I'm observing is when you are the best in your business at cleaning or any other industry, any specialized industry, you're going to start to choose the customers who can work more better with your line of, of expectation. So I like to get paid within a week of doing my work, if not within hours of doing it. So I choose the customers who are able to do that. And so they get better service from me than, than those that are still stuck in a, in a net 60 invoicing AP situation. Well, I Steve, you're... you're yeah, you're very right. I've just got an airport in, in Arkansas that was here uh, for a master's class with us uh, a few months ago. They wanted to sign up for our online campus and have their own private campus. And so we, we got some papers through email to fill out so that they can do direct deposit so they can pay their invoice because yeah. they want access to their online campus. I mean, that's the speed of what you're talking about. And, you know, now what we've even got, we put it onto our website uh, here uh, last month is live chat, you know, where you can chat with somebody while you look on their website. I mean, this is, this is the way that business is done today. 
Totally, absolutely. Uh, the, you know, a great example of that. Um, I don't know if you know the, the store. Uh, well, you probably you know Sephora is a, is a really great market leading um, store, primarily for for women's cosmetics. Uh, even though there's a small men's line as well. One of the coolest things, and this is this is the perfect low tech solution to explain how this works really well. Is it not computers at all? That's why I love it. When you if you go shopping in a Sephora store, there are two different colors of plastic baskets you can use to put your, your things in as you walk through the aisles. Red ones and black ones. Really? I can't remember which, yeah, which is which, but one of them says, if I'm carrying a red, red basket, it means uh, to a sales associate, please come over and see me uh, because I, I'd like, to, like some help. Um, if you're carrying a black basket, it means don't bother me, I'm just browsing. Okay? Really? To me, this is a beautiful analog demonstration of customer service because you know what it's like. You walk into a store and someone says, you know, can I help you? What's the answer that you're always going to give to somebody when they ask you, can I, can I help you? Yeah, it's, it's either no or I'm just looking. Exactly. No, thank you. And that slams the door shut for many other sales opportunities. Right. When I used to teach sales uh, to retail people, I'd say, look, never ask that question. Always ask instead, is this the first time you have been in our store? Because that's an open-ended question that demands an answer, either of which you can now work with, right? No, I've never Sales 101. Yeah, exactly. But this is, a, this is the point. This is a very non-technical story. But the fact is, I'm making sure my customers are being looked after the way they want, whether they want help or they don't want help. So the same thing applies with technologies to this day, including, as you said, on your website, that little pop-up thing that says, hey, do you want to chat? If I want to be looked after... I love the fact I can talk to somebody from your company. If I don't want to be looked after, I click the X and turn it off and continue to browse my own way. That is amazing customer service by giving people the choice of what they're most comfortable with. And that removes the fear because I'm not going to get stuck into a sales conversation with you. Uh, I'm going to browse your website until I'm ready to talk and then we can talk. And that kind of comfort is what makes people realize Yes, you understand me. But on the flip side, if I really need some expert opinion on, on what am I looking for here, you are there to provide that to me as well. So again, it's and, a fear factor thing. And, that's and what Steve, doing. what you're saying there is exactly why we're doing a live stream podcast on Podbean Live. Do we need today to be live so that people can ask us a question? We've been watching. I don't know. You've been watching your screen as well. People have come on and off our, our live chat today. And they haven't asked a question. But that doesn't mean they can't ask one if they want to. And somewhere down the line, all of this is going to generate an audience to come and talk with experts. And once that they get familiar and, and comfortable, and they hear this a number of times, it's kind of like one person doesn't create a movement. One person starts a movement that hasn't happened yet. Absolutely. I mean, there's, 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 there's so many things you can say about that. Number one is people who join and, and listen without saying anything are always great people anyway. I mean, some of the, the most profound ideas come from the quiet people who don't want to say anything. They don't want to dominate the, the discussion. Absolutely. But they are there. Um, right. Secondly, this is a new technology. I mean, I, I will openly admit to you the reason why I was late this morning was because I, I, I followed the wrong link that you had sent me. It was a previous <laughs> link. So it was, it was a stupid error on my part. But I'm saying that because I don't want people to be fearful of the technology because uh, it works so well. But the third thing is, as people get used to the fact they can do this, they're going to start to learn it more and love it more. I join one on Twitter every Thursday, which is a collection of IT specialists. And it has a hashtag, which is um, IDG, uh, IDG Tech Talk. I'm not plugging it. I'm just saying it's a simple little <laughs> hashtag 
that okay. but you just jump on and you you lurk you know you just you watch what people are saying and you make your comment as you wish and this kind of opt-in conversation is such a wonderful way especially for those again in our formative years at 10 years old who are stuck in primary school and teacher would say Stephen please answer this question and you have no idea what to say you know your fear of being picked on by the teacher can now be completely removed by saying speak when you wish so you know again i applaud you for for doing these live ones because it's it's, it's the future of again not only customer service but again peer-to-peer learning opportunities and as as your audience grows and and recognizes that you have this more so than the people who send out solely just static podcasts nothing wrong with them but you have this live opportunity so the interaction will grow and i have seen it happen that's what i'm saying i have seen it happen people love it once they say hey yeah this is good and i'm allowed to speak up and that's that will happen uh, very shortly very soon well, talk radio is nothing new. This is just a version of talk radio that it's archived. It is also, you know, we've had call-in shows for, what, decades, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this isn't really anything new. It's just now where, you know, here, Jim Supply, the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, talking about cleaning and talking to anybody that wants to talk about it. We can do it, you know, right here from our, uh, you know, I got a little studio here in the corner of my education room and, now everybody can do it. You don't have to have a big studio and multi-million dollars. Yeah, and that, that is a new thing for people. They, they immediately assume you've got to have big, expensive everything, uh, whether it's video or audio. And the fact is, no, you don't. The technology is got of such a, such a quality right now. Uh, that it's very easy to simply you know plug and play and just just get started and this again is is a new wave for people to discover that hey I'm allowed to do this I can be part of this um, so yeah it, 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 you will see I think a substantial growth in the next two years of, of participation and involvement as people recognize that this is not the domain of just simply established broadcasters you know who are registered with the FCC that again is one of those things that uh, your formative years when you were ten years old. Who broadcasts? Only radios and TVs. Um, now the world is there for everyone to broadcast and for everyone to listen. And that, that's a big, big change for people. Steve, what is the biggest challenge as you've worked with people for 20 years, working between technology and, and their mindset? What, what continues to be and what do you see is going to be the, the, the biggest issue going forward? Uh, it's always fear. It's, it's fear of the unknown. So that comes in two, two sides, basically. One is the fear that I'm going to look stupid or I'm going to look out of touch if I don't do this or I'm going to lose my job if I don't build these skills. But the other is the fear of the unknown is that what's, what's, in this, what's in it for me? I, I already have a fax machine. I already have an email account. Why do I need this new thing? So once again, human beings are not very good at, at visualizing the future. That's why the, the visionaries who stand up and give TED Talks and stuff are so uh, revered because they have this magical power no one else has. So the biggest challenge is always being able to grasp what this would mean for your customers uh, or what this would mean for me as a person, uh, because we're just too darn busy. There's just too much else going on, and that's the big irony. If I'm so busy uh, just responding to emails, I haven't got the time to look and learn what else is going on. Now, one very brief parable I'll share with you that I always tell the people, and it's actually had an interesting sort of uh, cleaning uh, relationship, because in the opening chapters of, of one of my books, I talk about someone bailing out his basement. So you're walking by, walking your dog, and you see this, this water flying out a basement window. And that's some more what comes out. And you go up to the window and say, hey, hey, Jim, what you doing down there? And Jim says, oh, my basement's flooded. I'm just trying to get it out of the, get, get all this water out of my basement. And you say, well, why don't you just go turn off, the, turn off the tap or call the city and have them to turn off the big tap? 
And he says, I have got no time for that. I've got to get all this water out of the basement. You know, so in that moment of urgency, he can't see beyond a, a larger scale, better solution because human beings are, are trapped in this reactive mode of, of, of response. So, yeah, the biggest challenge is, is the foresight to see what can this do for us? Um, how can we make this work to please our customers? Uh, but I, I think the wonderful thing about that, the golden thread below this, is the one thing that hasn't changed in all these decades of, of change is the golden rule. People want to be treated the way that you would treat them and they would treat you. And that is just translating into a new technology. So if you're fearful of it, I would say the best thing to do for anybody who says, well, what on earth is a podcast anyway? Or what is TikTok? Or what is Periscope? Whatever it is, jump onto YouTube and guarantee you there is a video someone has made already that says, here's what you need to know about topic X. So you don't have to go to school. It's right there. Yeah, a podcast isn't a video. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that's why I had somebody, well, I can't see what's going on. It's no, it's audio. It's you listening to me. You have to you have to concentrate and pay attention. So I'm going to ask a question. I normally don't do many questions. As you can see, folks, if you've been with us, we've been on Podbean live streaming. We appreciate everybody that has come on uh, to the live stream. But I have a question I ask of every guest at the end of the show, Steve. What is on your bucket list, your personal bucket list for this year? And that's what you're asking of your, of your audience right now. Of you, Steve. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, that was me. My personal bucket list for this year is, is to continue what I'm doing right now, which is to pursue the four-hour workday. Now, I know that sounds crazy, and it doesn't have to be four hours, but the idea that you don't have to be constantly filled up with, uh, again, all those unnecessary tasks like email response and so forth, uh, it's a matter of pairing back and saying that the balance in life is between the stuff you love to do and the stuff you have to do, uh, and it doesn't have to be four hours, but the mindset there is to allow yourself time to breathe, time to enjoy the things that may not make a dollar income for you, but are part of what the value of life is. And these things can be small or they can be large, but it's it's a perpetual thing. And I have, I have succeeded in achieving it to a, a great degree already. But as I said before, the idea, of, for example, of walking my dogs, it's a, it's, a, it's a natural necessity, you have to walk the dogs. But the podcasts I choose to listen to when I walk are no longer... Um, ones are just news of the world. They are stuff that I enjoy and I'm fascinated by. And that's a pleasure that I'm allowing myself, uh, stepping away from the work treadmill and instead enjoying. So that's my perpetual bucket list pursuit is enjoyment of some amount of time each day. Now, folks, what you might not know, uh, unless you've looked at uh, Steve Prentice's uh, website and his information, but uh, I, matter of fact, I'm even looking right here at the screen on Podbean Live where I can see Steve and he's got a guitar. I, I think that probably there's something along in that, that bucket list that is music in, is inspired. Oh, I love it. Yes, I live to perform and I love playing music. Um, I, my, my love is 1970s music. So, yes, I'm stuck in that era, but it's because I just like <laughs> the quality of that music. Uh, I play in a corporate band, so we entertain uh, people at company uh, events. And so, indeed, yes, every evening from 8 p.m. to 11, I sit and I, I, I work on the, the act, the show. And as one famous guitarist once said when he was interviewed by a journalist saying, you know, how do you know you practice so much? Isn't it hard practicing? He says, it's never practice when you enjoy it. So, yeah, that, that's my love, my passion. Uh, and I always make sure that I don't sacrifice my evenings uh, because that's what I love to do. 
So, Steve, let's let everybody know uh, how they can get hold of you there in Toronto and further the conversation with you. Well, thank you very much. I mean, the the, uh, the answer is very easy. If I was to give you my business card, my business card has only one thing on it. No address, no fax number, of course, no email, just simply my website, which is steveprentice.com. That's P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E, steveprentice.com. Everything you need to know about me is there, um, and this is what I love to do. So, I mean, I'm Dave, I'm... I'm um, Again, uh, sorry for the the mix up this morning, but that was that was my mistake for reading the the uh, an older email. Uh, those these things happen, but you you are running a beautiful podcast, and uh, the ones I've listened to in the past as well. This is the kind of education in small bites that people deserve to invest in because there's always something great they can take away from everything. So thank you for the opportunity to mention my website. Um, you know, it, life is great. Life is fun, which should be fun for all of us. There's so much we can do with it. Uh, just take that time to keep things in, in proportion and take some time each day to learn from one of these online mentors. So if you're in the greater Toronto, Hamilton area, look up Absolutely Jack. That is where Steve will be on a weekend or a night or somewhere. I haven't really looked all of it up, but you're very right, Steve. Just go to your website. You can find out all about you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You know, we're sponsored by Gym Supply, where they have been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930. We are broadcasting this afternoon again uh, here on the East Coast. It is about, well, we're getting close to 1230. Here in a couple hours, we're going to have another live stream on Podbean Live. If you can't catch the live stream, just like everything else, it's recorded. It'll be back up there. Our channel is Beyond Clean with Ace. We're housed on Podbean, but you can also find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. What we'd like to ask you to do is to give us, well, you know, show us a little love, share our channel, follow us. We're going to be looking for you on our next uh, live broadcast. Steve, thanks for being on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me today. And folks, before we leave, I want to tell you, as we do every show, Whatever you're going to do, keep it healthy, positive, and proactive, and enjoy some new technology along the way. Folks, we'll see you or listen to us at about 2.30 this afternoon. We're out of here.